This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Gym Day Podcast is brought to you by Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Now batting number one in our hearts. At least he'd like to think so. It's the Jim Day Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Jim Day Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, we appreciate it so much. And I'm always amazed, um, you know how hard it is today's day and age i mean especially with the pandemic going on um but in general just to get thousands of people to do one thing one goal or one activity do you know how hard that is like to get i don't know 30,000 people in one place it's really hard or to get thousands of people to click on a link to listen to this podcast how hard that is and I don't know, when I started this podcast, I wasn't sure how it would go over. But you continue to listen. Even during the downtimes, everything during the pandemic is down. You look at all the TV numbers and sports numbers and all the numbers. They're just down. It's a different world. But you continue to check us out. So I am very, very grateful for you. And... um you know we've we had such a we've had such a a decent run that we'd like to go back and uh, bring some of the best of episodes uh, to make it easier on you to not have to click on every episode to get a taste. So just give you a taste of the best of. And today, or on this edition, it is the broadcasters. And I got to tell you. Uh, you know, a lot of other broadcasting crews through the years, there's some that get along better than others. Some don't get along at all. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, and some get along better than others. And the group that we've had over the years, we've been very blessed um, as far as how we get along and how we mingle and um, how many laughs we have. So... Some of the broadcasters that have appeared on this podcast, we're going to look back on today and, and give you another best of edition. And I hope you enjoy it. As far as the rest of the off season goes, well, folks, not sure. Just like when someone asks you anything in 2020, hey, what are you doing in two weeks? I don't know. Am I going to be allowed to go anywhere in two weeks? It's really hard to plan for anything. I mean, there's no plans. Just see you later. Plans gone. But, you know, that's everyone. Everyone's dealing with it. Same thing. So I'm uh, I'm complaining for you, too. <laughs> so I don't know what the offseason has in store. Um, 
But we'll be in touch, folks. We'll be in touch with whatever happens on this podcast or any initiative. But again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'd like to thank each and every one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's just old Steve Martin bit. Clearly dating myself again. Um, folks, hang in there. Hang in there. We'll get through this bad boy eventually. Eventually. As for now, enjoy the best of the broadcasters on the Jim Day podcast. They called him the baby-faced assassin. He is Danny Graves. Welcome to the Jim Day Podcast. This is very exciting. And when you say special guest, do you really mean special guest, or do you just say that for everybody? Um, I do a little build-up for everyone, nice. but not okay. everyone is the all-time saves leader in Reds <laughs> history. The long history of the Reds, only one guy has the most saves, and that's you. So you are special. Oh, I appreciate that introduction then. <laughs> Does uh, How proud of, are you of that? It, you know, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, since I retired, I, I've tried to become as humble as I possibly can be um, as a non-athlete anymore. So, you know, it's it's very exciting just for the fact that it's the Reds. And, and, yeah. and I, you know, not just because I played for the Reds, but any true baseball fan, um for their lifetime understands what the Cincinnati Reds are. Of course, yeah. the big red machine, the oldest team in, in, in major league baseball. There's so many different, um, reasons why the Cincinnati Reds are special. And I was just fortunate enough to, to get to play with them for such a long time. And, and, and to have that title that you, uh, that you just mentioned, although <laughs> I did think that it was going to be done with when Araldus Chapman was around. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> it was funny when he got traded, people think I had something to do with it to get him traded. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of pull to do that, but uh, I had nothing to do with it. I remember, I hope you don't mind me telling this story. Um, we fly on the team plane <laughs> and <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> we're, was it taken off or was it landing? I think it was landing. It was landing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you, we, you land the plane and obviously the pilot puts on the brakes and all your, you know, all your weight goes forward. Mm -hmm. Um, and all of a sudden in the aisleway, I see this blur fly past me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Danny Graves. What'd you have two magazines below your feet? It, it was the, the cards that the flight attendants yes. read before the flight takes <laughs> off the, uh, the safety precautions that you have to go through. Those really slide on the carpet of the aisle on that airplane. So you got in the back of the plane uh -huh. in the aisle. And when he hit the brakes, you went just flying down like you're skiing. Yes. Fly. And, and I've All never right. skied in my life on water <laughs> or in snow. Um, but it was the most amazing time I had. I, you tell me, I don't remember this, but you tell me and Marty Brenneman tells me that I hit my head on something you bit it i think you crashed into first class where the coaches were yeah you, probably, made, you made it clear <laughs> to first class and then you bit it yeah well i made it far i guess that's that's what i was trying to do i wasn't trying to crash but not recommended at home in fact the faa would frown against you yes yeah, so up please do not this try is that. a chartered plane by the way so. yeah and that was the last time that i did that because i really at the time i didn't feel bad but the next day i felt guilty because i didn't want people to think that i was that big of a clown and an idiot even <laughs> though it was fun it was a lot of fun that's a good story to tell 
the crafty left-hander Chris Welsh finally making it to the Jim Day podcast. So you get traded to the Padres, right? What traded, year was that? I got traded to the Padres on uh, April Fool's Day. <laughs> and the, the Crick, That's perfect. Yeah, the quick story behind that was that we had curfew. We stayed at the uh, Galt Ocean Mile Hotel uh, in Lauderdale by the Sea. It's the Yankees' official hotel. And like a typical old well, I ocean wish hotel. I could be a fly on the wall in that hotel you, back then. <laughs> you had to go through the lobby to get to your rooms. The rooms are out in the back by the yeah. beach, you know, but they're also, it's a single-story place. And you had to go through the lobby. Unless you went about three hotels down, got onto the beach, came up the beachway, and came in the back door. If you were past curfew, which is what we did a lot. And on this particular day, <laughs> I love that. The uh, so we get back to uh, I'm rooming with a good friend of mine named Tim Lawler, left-handed pitcher. Oh yeah. And uh, we we came into our room and we looked and there was the red light blinking on the phone. We meant you have a message. I'm like, well, nobody ever calls me on this phone. Must be a mistake. So I said, Lawler, go and pick that up. It's probably yours. He goes, I'm not picking that up. You pick it up. We looked at it like it was a, a spitting cobra because nobody wanted to go over there in case somebody checked our room and we were busted for, you know, curfew. I mean, it means immediately you're getting sent out in the Meyer Leagues. No questions asked. No trial. You're gone on the van. And uh, so, so we're sitting there debating as to who's going to pick it up. We turned the radio on. It had an FM station. Uh, playing and a guy came on the DJ came on the, the all night FM DJ came on. Uh, his name is Steve Huntington, and he actually runs the Jimmy Jimmy Buffett uh, uh, Sirius XM radio station. Really? So anyway, he he comes here. The Yankees have made a huge trade with the Padres, and he reads the names. And I looked at Lotto. I said, "Did we just get traded?" So we look in the phone book to try to find the radio station's name. We call him up and said, would you read the names on that trade again? And he said, who is this? I said, this is Chris Welsh. He said, you've been traded. Uh, Steve Garvey was with the Padres, right? Yeah, Garvey was. You guys played a prank on him with well, his spikes you know, one day? Maybe we, we could be meeting we, meeting my, the same guy, Tim Lawler, who was uh, ornery guy, right? Uh, yeah, just a fun-loving guy, yeah. really fun-loving guy. And we were out fishing. He's a big outdoorsman. We were out fishing one day in Phoenix, of all places. But they sell these uh, these live baits. They're like a combination of a frog and a lizard. I think they call them uh, water dogs or something. Actually, they look like kind of catfish with feet on them. And, um, of course, we didn't catch any fish. We had a lot of these left over. We brought them in really early in the morning in Padre Camp and put them in all Steve Garvey's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the Reds fans right now are loving the former yeah. Dodger Steve Garvey because he was always very clean. You know, oh, yeah. everything was very nice, perfectly. He looked perfect in a uniform all right? the time. Yeah, and uh, big old forearms. And I mean, looked but, like so he did not like his shoes desecrated, and he was as angry as I have ever seen a baseball player at eight in the morning when he showed up. That may be my favorite story ever. Oh, gosh, because as a kid, Took man. Him out and, and he, he pulled one out and, you know, kind of held it by the tail or the leg. And like, he was disgusted. He just threw his, threw his shoes away. This is back in the days where you did not throw your shoes away. Right. Because you weren't getting as many as they are now. Yeah. But that was a fun story. Yeah. <laughs> the single season saves leader all time in Reds history. And now Reds broadcaster, the Cowboy, Jeff Brantley.
right here on the Jim Day podcast. Is is it true? This is this is what you wanted. This is what you wanted to do. Yeah, I just I've always been a fan of the voices um, from the time that I used to listen to Marty and Joe in the radio in the car with my dad in our driveway, and this is in Alabama. I mean, we I grew up in Birmingham, Hoover, and. Back in those days, you had, you had to, the only way you could keep a radio signal was to be in the car and keep it moving because you didn't have enough antenna for right. that, that far away. So we would just sit in the car and we would listen to Alabama football games. We would listen to the Reds every time that we had a chance. And in Alabama, you're listening to games that start at 6 o'clock our time, which would be 7 o'clock. Right. In Cincinnati, the only the only problem, and and people used to think I was nuts because of the station I was listening to, six hundred or seven hundred in Alabama is a Spanish station all day long. It's like <laughs> it's like from the Caribbean, so you would have no idea that that WLW would come on there until you got in the car and turned it on right at six o'clock. Boom! There's Marty and Joe. Marty and Joe was everything uh, to me, to you. Um, they just had such good chemistry. It was like good cop, bad cop. Yeah. You know, Joe was the good guy. And Marty was the bad guy. Just don't make Joe mad. <laughs> don't make Joe mad. Yeah. He had a little bit of temper on him. Um, it might have taken a few years, but you guys have really good chemistry. And now Marty and Jeff has become a thing. Um, do you feel good about the relationship? Not only off the air we just talked about, but on the air, your chemistry. Yeah, I think that when you when you work with somebody and you're you're – you're letting people into your life and that's kind of what you do on the radio or TV, whatever it may be. I, I think that ultimately that, that back and forth is a conversation that, that people like to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of it is being comfortable with one another and Marty helped with that more than anything else. I mean, the guy that's been in there the longest is the one that's got to kind of set that precedent. Yeah. And he made me feel comfortable right away, whether it was, getting on my shoes or my boots or my blue jeans or whatever, you know, whatever it may be, my hair, it didn't matter. But what it did is it kind of loosened it up a little bit for you. And I, I think that once you can do that, then you start to find things that are just little, little pins that you can stick into the doll <laughs> and, and, and make it and make it work where, where you can actually talk about it. Marty talked about this on this podcast, and I want to get your reaction to it. Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, brace yourself. Uh, He said when you first got the gig, uh, he called you, I think, or he was talking to you, and and he said, hey, you've been been listening to games, you've been practicing (laughs) a little bit, and you're like, no? He's like, oh, really? You're like, yeah, I got this. And he came. He did. He came. The first inning that you had to do he let it. me have it too, boy. <laughs> I, because he, he called, and we were talking, and he said, well, have you been practicing? And I said, practicing what? That's exactly <laughs> what I said. I mean, you, I know baseball. I've done it my whole life. And he said, okay. That was it. Though it didn't ask me another thing about it. And we get, we get to the second inning, and he said, and here's Jeff Brantley, and he gets up and walks off. And I'm thinking – Oh, wow. What am I going to do now? I've got to bring it back. Well, okay, we're um, back at the game here, and um, the batter's not in the box yet. There's nothing to analyze or describe. You, and I'm telling you, silence on the radio 
for about 15 seconds is, I mean, people are probably banging their radio yeah. thinking, where did this guy go? Bring Marty back. Get him out of there. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> – I've sat in that seat when I was filling in last year, and it's like, wow. Marty walked out on me. I think it was in Cleveland, and it was the seventh inning. And the inning was like 40 – the half inning was 40 minutes. The Indians scored like 12 runs. Yeah. I don't know what it was. And I kept looking around like, please come back. <laughs> please come back. I'm all alone here. Well, and, it, uh, it's, it's almost like, like when you have your kid and they get their first bicycle. Yeah. There comes a point in time where you have to let go of the seat and let them ride it. They might crash. Yeah. They might take off and love it. But they've got to figure out how to do it on their own. And I, and I think that's kind of what Marty was doing there, not only with me, but with you two. And, I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. you got yeah. to figure it out, man. It's not easy, though. <laughs> he said you were Trial sweating, fire. sweating bullets. <laughs> well, the, the, the problem was the, guy, the, the first batter hit the ball into the right center field gap. And the only thing I could think to do was describe the pitch and the swing, how he hit the ball, how hard he hit it. I didn't even tell anybody where the ball You're was. You're analyzing it. Yeah. <laughs> I was analyzing that, it. <laughs> and, I, and the thing about it, though, is you've got on those headsets, and so you're just kind of in the microphone and the, the moment. Right. He's behind me, and I could hear him, and it got louder and louder. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Tell him where the ball is. <laughs> That's what he kept it saying. It was so funny, and I was like, oh, the, the ball's in right center field, and the guy's running around the base, and I couldn't even talk fast enough. I didn't know what to say. All right, hope you're enjoying our best of the broadcasters edition here on the Gym Day podcast, and we'll get back to it after these messages from Kroger. Love getting prices that are lower than low on backyard favorites like grill-ready hamburgers and fresh-picked strawberries? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, plus rewards like fuel points, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, Reds fans, you love Trolley Sour Gummy Candy, right? Well, Trolley has done the unthinkable and made them even better. Introducing new Trolley Crunchy Crawlers. Trolley Crunchy Crawlers have everything you love about the original sour, bright crawlers, but with a thin, crunchy candy shell. With three great flavors, they strike the perfect balance of sweet and sour in every bite. Trolley Crunchy Crawlers want to be best buds with your taste buds. Look for new Trolley Crunchy Crawlers at Kroger stores throughout Reds country. How about the belt in Chicago? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've bought a lot of things in this town because of my forgetfulness, but that, that one took the cake. Uh, this is, that was back when I was in the Giants, and I was a very young player at the time, and we had to wear suits and ties on the plane. And the pants that I had were not tight enough around the belt area to wear them without a belt. And I had forgotten my belt. So I walked across the street. There's a Brooks Brothers right outside of the hotel here in Chicago. Walked right out. I walk in. The first belt I see, I grab, tear the tag right off of it, and I put it on and threw the tag up on the counter with my credit card. Because, I mean, I've got to get on the bus. i got to hurry up. Yeah. Lady looks at me, charges my card. Have a nice day. I'm out. 
I left the tag right there. I just stuffed the receipt into my pocket with my credit card, didn't think anything about it. And I get to the ballpark, and I'm taking all my stuff out and get ready to change into my uniform, and I look down, $475. (laughs) (laughs) Evidently, they had alligator belts right there at the front rack, and that just so happened to be the one that I grabbed. How much does the 1995 NLCS sting to this day? Well, it it stings because the Braves went on and won the World Series. Yeah. And granted, they had they had three Hall of Famers in their rotation. I mean, that's the one year that they won it. All those years they went to the playoffs, and the one yeah. year they won it was not like they put it all together, unfortunately, when the Reds were in the NLCS. Yeah, we, we had an awfully good team. We beat the dog out of the, the Dodgers to get there. Um, but we got to that point in time, and we just we couldn't score. We couldn't score against those guys, and and it made it it made it difficult. And I mean, there, there's nothing you can do about it. You look back and say, oh well, we had a great team, we could have won. But I mean, you're running up against three Hall of Famers, and yeah. and let me tell you, they were on oh, their yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. What was it? Ninety six single season saves record was that ninety six? Nineteen ninety six. I I don't remember a whole lot of those saves, but I do. Why remember. Why not? <laughs> well, I. I don't know, but I remember the last one. And I remember it because I was so close to not getting it. Yeah. And I you mean knew, the record? Yeah. yeah. And I knew I knew that I and it was not about the Reds record at that point in time. I wanted the most saves in baseball. Because when you're coming up and you're you're a guy like me that's five, nine and a half and everybody just kind of pushes you off to the side where you can't close, you can't do that, we're just going to pitch you here. And I'd gotten a lot of saves when I made the all-star team, but then I didn't finish the the last part of the year because I'd thrown so many innings. I just never got that opportunity again. And it was just one of those things that you just want it so bad you can taste it. And so close, and I and I knew that that – Todd Worrell had had gotten a save that day because we were we were playing the the last all the games were right there together. Uh, I knew I was going to have more Rolades points. That was the the kicker. Rolades relief man of the year. That was the kicker at the time. I knew I had more points than than Trevor Hoffman was going to have, but I needed a save that day to win the saves title, to have the most saves in baseball. We had bases loaded and we're scoring. And we're just ripping the Cardinals. I mean, that just bam, 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 bam. All of a sudden, we get a three-run lead, and we've got bases loaded, and Hal Morris is at the plate, and there's two outs. And I'm thinking, there's not going to be a save. It was seventh inning. I said, there's not going to be a save today. And Jeff Shaw looked at me, and he goes, oh, there'll be a save today. There will be a save today. I'm thinking, well, I, it never hit me. You know, you, all of these things, you look back now and you think, all right, now I understood what he was saying. Hal Morris hits an absolute rocket to right field, one of those just low screamers, and somehow their right fielder came in and dove and caught it on his shoelaces for an out. And as soon as that happened, you know, three-run lead. If it's a four-run lead, it's not a save. Right. Three-run lead, you're going to get a save if you pitch the full time. As soon as that happened, I picked up the phone and Ray was on the other end of the phone. Ray Knight, our manager. He goes, you're in the game. I mean, I picked, I was calling him. 
you were calling. I was calling I him to, to tell him I'm going in the game right now. And and that was kind of the understanding with both with Davey and with Ray. It it was just that. And you remember back at at Riverfront, you had the bullpens were on the field, so you sat in the dugout, which I loved. I, I loved it. It, tough on the outfielders, but it is. you love it because you get you are allowed to be in the dugout and be right. part of the team during yeah. the game. But I remember Davey and Ray did the same thing. They said, look, if we get to the eighth or the ninth inning and it's a save time, you go warm up. You go get ready. I don't even want to have to look down there and tell you. You know what your job is. Go get ready to do it. And on that day, I pitched the last six outs of the ball game, got the save, and got the record and – it, that's just just something for a, for a simple guy from Alabama, and it, it happened, and it's awesome. Well, it still stands to today, man. It's uh, it's special. I mean, any any Reds record of all time is is special. So. I, I I I think so, especially the history of this ball club. We are going to go down memory lane once again here today. And full disclosure, I've had uh, a few mentors in my career. And this gentleman is one of them, as I welcome in George Grand to the Jim Day Podcast. How are we doing? J.D., I'm doing great. You know, I mean, I did the first broadcast at ESPN. Yeah. I emceed the Hall of Fame ceremonies for 30 years. I've had some great moments, but now I feel I've made it. I'm on the <laughs> J.D. Jim Day Podcast. This is big time, big time. Oh, all right, the Thank you for everything, too. Yeah. I couldn't believe the lunch today, the catering. This <laughs> yeah. is fantastic. And the, the way that you set this studio up, it's miraculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The BS meter is going off the charts right now, by the way. It's just uh, it's pinging. It's pegging, I should say. Um, hey, I want to start right there because there are lots of people – that probably don't know, particularly in the younger generation, that, I mean, SportsCenter on ESPN is such an institution that when it started, what, 1979, behind the first SportsCenter desk was George Gran, the first ever host of SportsCenter. I mean, that that has carried you everywhere. Yeah, it's right? pretty neat. It, um, you know, for all of us that were a part of it, and it was it was September 7th of 79. In fact, our 40th anniversary is this mm-hmm. September. I just had a call uh, recently about uh, doing an anniversary show in September, which we'll do. Um, but when we started, uh, we came from everywhere and anywhere. Um, there were veterans of the business. There were kids just out of college. Uh, and we all had a dream. Yeah. We had a vision of what ESPN might be, could be. Uh, but we knew it wasn't going to happen overnight. Um, we knew it would take some time, take some effort, take some growing, some learning, and some money, too. I mean, Getty Oil started ESPN. They lost $20 million a year for the first three years. If it wasn't for Getty wow. Oil, we never would have survived. Um, and so kudos to uh, Bill Rasmussen, who had the idea for right. ESPN, uh, Stu Evie, who was from Getty Oil, and the two guys who really deserve all the credit are Chet Simmons and Scotty Connell. They left NBC to come to ESPN. And um, really, they, they put us on a track that, that really set us in motion to be what ESPN is today. Well, let's set the stage. There are some people, particularly, again, in the younger generation that don't know. I mean, there's hundreds of channels on now. You can watch things online on your computer. But back then, cable TV was, was at its infancy. I mean, there were local channels, and there was this startup thing called cable TV, which was in certain areas. Um, you guys started very modestly. I mean, you were not in very many homes, <laughs> That's right? the nicest way I've heard it said. We, <laughs> we went, this is a true story. We went, I did the first show with Lee Leonard 
and I had been working at CBS, and Scotty asked me to come in. They had hoped to have Jim Simpson, the veteran NBC broadcaster, do the first show, but Jim couldn't get out of his NBC contract. So Scotty called me and said, would you come up and do the first show? You know, we're, we're really not ready to go. Um, we had a contract. We had two contracts, one with the NCAA, which provided and allowed us to do five football games a weekend on a tape delay broadcast. ABC had the regular football, college right. football package. We started at midnight on Saturday airing five football games. We had one advertising contract. It was Anheuser-Busch for $5 million. That's all we had. And the building wasn't ready. And Anheuser-Busch and the NCAA said, if you don't go on the air in September 7th, then you lose both of us. And we, we never would have started. So we go there, and um, the building that we broadcast from was not ready. No glass on the windows. The actual broadcast came out of remote trucks that were outside the, the studio. We were sitting in the studio with the doors open and flies and everything coming in. In fact, we had, after a couple of days, we had a McDonald's up the road, and we had a big trash can, and in the middle of one show, in came a skunk, while, right oh, while we're on. doing the show and, and digging through the trash can, looking for something to eat. Never, oh. Nobody moved. Nobody moved. Heck, Skunk got what he no. wanted and took off. Heck and no. Lee Leonard almost died that day. But, <laughs> so we, we had to go on the air, but we didn't know whether, you know, what we would have and what would happen. Um, it was the, the best part of it, and the first four or five years were the same. Um, I mean, everything was ad-libbed. Everything was seat of the pants, and everything was a joy. Back yet again on the Jim Day Podcast, it's Hall of Famer Marty Brenneman. All right, I wanted to do something fun with you, and that's going through some old calls okay. um, that you made through the years. Um, now, one thing that I've always wondered about is when did in this one belongs to the Reds come about? Did that come about organically? Is it something that you thought of? Oh, no. Because I want to play you this clip, and I believe this is probably – from 1974, I'm guessing. And you are losing your mind at the end of the game, which is great. I think Perez hits a home run Oh, that's here. the thing that made me realize I'd arrived as a Reds broadcaster. Yeah. That was against the Giants. He had off Randy Moffitt in the first game of a doubleheader at Riverfront. And they won. A- they scored four time, five times in the bottom of the night. They were behind 13-9. And the great thing about the, before the home run was with two out, um, Bench hit a ground ball to first base. Dave Keeneland was playing first base for the Giants. A routine ground ball, and he fielded it, and he came up ready to toss it to Randy Moffitt, which had been third out of the game, and Moffitt never left the mound. So it went as an infield hit that gave Perez a chance to hit, and Tony hit a home run to straightaway center field and win the game. Well, it's just Lost we- my mind. It is weird to hear you at the I end know. of the game and not spit out, and this one belongs to I'd the I've forgotten to, but we'll talk oh, about really? it. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I well, forgot. Here, here's to. the call. Quickly, two strikes out in front of Perez. Has the sign. The pitch. Oh, my golly, which I love, by the way. But you forgot to say that? Yeah, this one belongs to Red starting about two weeks into the first season. And uh, as best I can recollect, at least it's a story I tell, 
Um, Davey Concepcion got a hit in the bottom of the ninth to win a game or the bottom of the 10th inning, lasted bat. And it just came out. I, I'd never planned. I'd never, that was spontaneous. I think I got that call. I, it, it was purely spontaneous. And as I drove really, back. Really, that is, it's spontaneous. That just came out just and came stuck. Out, just came out. And when I drove back home that night, I thought, you know what? That might be a good way to end the game. All right. Hope you enjoyed our look back at some of the visits we had with some of the Reds broadcasters. And again, stay tuned. Follow me on the old social media. At Jim Day TV is the handle on Twitter and Instagram. Is that the right terminology handle? Did I just, again, nerdify myself? I am a nerd. Uh, kids are probably saying, handle, handle. He just called it a handle. Well, whatever it is, I'm at Jim Day TV on Twitter and Instagram. And that's how you can keep up to date. I hope. We'll see. But again, you guys are loyal. You're great. And we appreciate it so, so much. And we appreciate Kroger being our title sponsor. We'll see you on down the road, everyone. Here on the Gym Day Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.